Welcome to A Tad Bit Crunchy, a podcast about transforming your life using natural and holistic hacks. I'm Whitney Bean, wellness and life coach and mom of four. I'm curious and learning right alongside you. I believe we can achieve better health and balance and still be on time for soccer practice most of the time. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you're having a great day. We just got back from a vacation this last week in the Seattle area. We visited my in-laws, who are amazing humans. And we also went to a family reunion with all of my uh, uh, husband's family. And we had just an amazing time. We do a family reunion with them every year. But I just can't remember a better year. It went so well. We had such a fun time. We played a ton of sports. Uh, We played racquetball, which is my favorite. We played pickleball. We did a lot of swimming. We played on the beach. Um, One of my favorite things that we did this year, we, um, in addition to playing games, we play a lot of games. The kids, the cousins do a lot of games. Uh, Adults do a lot of games in the evening times. But one of my favorite things this year um, is that we built a giant sandcastle. That part is the tradition, is building a giant sandcastle. But this year we made one pretty special for my in-laws' 50th anniversary. We made a giant wedding cake. And I mean giant. What we do is we look at the tides and we watch for when the tide's going out. And everybody goes out early as soon as the tide is out and just starts shoveling a giant pile. <laughs> like as big as they can make it, just the biggest pile of sand. And so just real shovels, not like sandcastle shovels, but real deal yard work shovels. And then once we have a big enough pile, we start to shape and form whatever kind of castle we've decided on making that year. So it's this process that takes hours (laughs) and it's like so much fun. The whole family's out there. There's people who are shoveling. There's some who are um, like etching and shaping. There's some who are collecting seaweed and rocks for the details. So we just made this huge wedding cake with my in-laws on top with their sculpted faces on top, I should say. And they, you know, they made like the scallops of the cake with the seaweed and there were shells and rocks. It was just amazing. And so it was such a fun thing. And then everybody on the beach was coming over and asking what it was for and um, wanted to meet my in-laws since it was their anniversary. And it was just so fun. So like I said, it just was an amazing week and we're back home now and I'm already looking forward to next year. (laughs) So today we're going to talk a little bit about a book that I've been reading. I read it a little bit on vacation and uh, mostly before and after vacation. Do you guys do that? Do you bring books on vacation? (laughs) Sometimes I do a ton of reading while we're gone, but um, most of the time I carry around a book on vacation and I read it like a sentence or a paragraph at a time. But then I end up talking to a sister-in-law or a cousin or somebody and uh, forget that that's what I'm wanting to do because in reality, like I'd rather connect with the people around me than read the book. Right. So I just carry around the book and, uh, have the intention of reading it at some point. (laughs) So that's what happened this time too. But, um, I just finished this book. It's called radical kindness. It's by Angela Santamero. So I picked up this book last time I went to the library. We were picking up some books for the kids and they were getting their reading log prizes for the summertime. 
And I went over to the um, self-help area, my favorite area. And um, there were like eight books that I was interested in. And I was like, ah, which one should I get? And I just got all of them because it's summertime. I want to make the time to read more and more. And so I was like, I'm just going to get all the ones I'm interested in because I know next time I come, there'll be different books. So I'll just get these now. And so it's been fun to just kind of work my way down the, down the stack of books, uh, sitting on our mantle. And, um, right now that's the one that I just finished. And, um, so I picked up this book randomly off the shelf, right? Just thought it looked really cool. And then I get to reading it and Angela was the creator of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, if you are not, um, if you don't know, is a cartoon on PBS about, um, about emotional intelligence for kids. And, uh, without saying that in the, in the book or, or I mean, without saying that within the show, um, they just act it and they teach it and they teach all kinds of amazing emotional intelligence for parents, for kids. They put songs to it. The characters are so adorable. The main character is a tiger. Um, it's just so cute and we've loved it for years. I think that we started watching it like the first year it came out when my youngest was about that age. I think she was about a toddler age and we have just loved it for years and we sing the songs. I'm sure some of you would notice or recognize some of the songs about trying new foods or about taking a breath. There's just so many incredible ideas and influences that have come from that show for our family. And we're not huge on screen time, but my kids know that is my favorite for them to watch. And so if they do um, do screen time, it's one of those that I'm like, okay, you can watch something, but it's got to be Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood because they learn such cool concepts and I do too. So I'm just honored that I got to read a book by Angela, who is the creator, and she's got a cool story too. She uh, is trying to continue the legacy of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and uh, she grew up watching his show and the messages behind his show and wanting to literally just spread kindness and be kind and loving to all those around and to yourself. And so she wanted to continue that legacy. So she has some other um, shows that she has created for children, including Blue's Clues. And so it was an honor to be able to read this book um, from the perspective of somebody who really has created something so amazing in the world for a lot of different children and a lot of different families. So the book overall, it was such a nice and easy read. It was just very relaxed and um, I absolutely love her ideas behind, you know, the first section of the book is about loving yourself. And that's really where it starts for me too. You know, we want to create uh, families. We want to create um, change for the world, right? We want to create more kindness and more love in the world, but it really has to start with each individual. It has to start with you. And so I love that she first digs into how do you love yourself? And she talks about different actions that you can take. She talks about practicing loving yourself. She talks about all kind of self-care that will help to create these habits of lifelong love for yourself because we can't expect to share kindness and share love and then have this kind of inner hatred or this inner critic constantly um, kind of criticizing every action or everything that is going on in our own lives. And so uh, it first starts with practicing for yourself to release that judgment, to release all the criticism that you have against yourself and to practice self-care acts and to create space for that in your life.
So she first talks about that concept of how to how to self-care and how to self-love. Uh, this is an interesting topic because I think that a lot of us probably grew up with the idea that like being selfless and sacrificing is the ultimate nice thing you could do. And I think that it has its place, but I think that if it is at the expense of your own health and your own well-being, then it can really take a toll. And it might not feel so at first, right? Like it might be like, oh yeah, I have enough energy to make this sacrifice for this person. And oh, I can do this for that person. But then over time, if we're not checking in on ourselves, if we're not, what we're doing is we're not following our intuition. We're not listening to ourselves. And we need to be able to create a space where we are fully energized and we are fully authentic so that we can serve others, so that we can participate in this worldwide kindness. But it really starts with taking care of yourself and taking care of um of those needs that you have and also being able to get into that intuition. I think one of the best things about self-care is being able to listen to your inner guidance and being able to listen to uh, your heavenly father or to the universe and to check in because then we know what to do externally. We are more guided as to where we can serve, where can we be the most uh, most effective in our service. And as we're checking in on ourselves and creating that self-care habit, then we get to show up more powerfully for the people around us. So then she talks about how we can serve those around us through small acts. And I absolutely love this. Uh, one of the examples that she talks about is there was uh, somebody who was um, on the freeway and he was, it was actually somebody, it was a celebrity, it was somebody famous, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> but he was on the freeway and he got kind of got in a traffic position where he had to cut a car off. He was kind of trapped, had to cut a car off. And uh, the car behind him started honking its horn, flipped him off, really was cursing at him. And they came to a toll booth. And when he went through the toll booth, you know, there's there's not much he could do in that situation. You can like talk to the person and say, hey, you know, sorry, I, I couldn't uh, do anything but cut you off there. So when he got to the toll booth, he paid his 50 cents. And then he paid an additional 50 cents for that car behind him because that's really the only gesture available to him and how remarkable that that came to his mind even. And so he paid that 50 cents for the toll behind the person behind him. And then they continued on the freeway and that car caught up to him and pulled up alongside him and just waved him down and smiled and laughed and just kind of mouthed like a thank you, thank you to uh, this person. And I just thought what a cool example that is, you know, he could have easily also been taken to anger, right? Like this for this guy's honking at him, flipping him off. He could do the same. He could do the exact same back to him. He could honk his horn. He could just yell and scream. But instead he thought, hey, what can I do here to be kind? How can I spread kindness here? And he wasn't looking for any thank you or anything like that. And it maybe was even out of an apologetic stance, right? Like he felt bad that he had to cut this guy off and Um, I just thought that's such a cool example and such a small example. Uh, She gives other examples of times when, you know, in a conversation, how do you actively listen? When you're talking to someone else, are you thinking about what you're going to say next? Are you thinking about what story you could tell next? Or are you actively listening to the other person's opinions? Are you listening with your heart? And are you asking questions to follow up on what they want to talk about, even if they have a different opinion than you? 
And so often when we listen and we hear other opinions that are not our own, we want to like make sure that the other person knows, oh, I have a different opinion. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I think you're wrong. But in reality, she says the best way to communicate and the best way to communicate this is to um, ask questions and to really intentionally and sincerely ask that person why they think that and where that came from and follow up in the conversation and then be clear and go ahead and make your stance, but um, to first listen. And she talks a lot about listening with your heart and connecting with your heart as opposed to your brain. So I just want to pose that question. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to listen with your heart or to connect with your heart? What does that mean to you? I was thinking the same thing for myself, right? And when I am talking to someone or when I meet somebody new or when I run into somebody in the neighborhood, am I truly connecting and listening to them with my heart and wanting to um, really delve into their own heart and see what's there? She again goes back to the idea that first you have to be able to do this for yourself. So she talks about one cool um, action that you can take is to practice looking in the mirror and not looking at all the flaws and not looking at the hairs that are out of whack, not looking at the gray hairs, not looking at the wrinkles, not looking at, you know, all the things that we're used to looking at when we look in the mirror, but really seeing yourself from a heart standpoint. And then once you see yourself at that heart standpoint, which might take some time, it might take some practice, then to go ahead and give yourself a huge smile, (laughs) really give yourself a big smile there. And I just thought that was such a cool thing to do, such a cool practice to look at yourself in the mirror and practice seeing yourself for your authentic kindness, your authentic heart. Um, And then we can do so, so much easier for the world around us. You know, it's so much easier to do that um, with somebody that you meet in the neighborhood when you already have that practice as part of you. And it really is, it has to happen, right? Going back to like that self-care, if we want to truly spread that kindness and less judgment, we have to practice on ourselves first. We have to show that self-love so that we can show love to those around us. Another concept that I love from this book is that she talks about leading by example rather than just word. I know we've all heard this before, right? Like when we're teaching our kids, do what I do, what I say, not what I do type of idea that like we're teaching our kids maybe vocally or verbally certain things, but if we're not practicing them, they really don't hold any weight, right? And so we, um, we go back to the idea that like we need to be exemplifying the same things that we want our kids to be learning from us. It's really not a matter of like, oh, I hope I lectured that correctly, but it's a matter of, am I, am I showing the example that I want them to learn? Am I showing them how in practical real time, this is how that concept works. So going back to the idea of traffic, right? So if somebody cuts you off, How do you want your child to react? It's almost easier to think about that and then say, okay, how do I do that for myself? And how do I, you know, going to the grocery store, if somebody cuts you, cuts in front of you in line, what do you do there? Right? So there's just so many opportunities for us to be able to interject kindness. And I know I gave a couple of negative examples. They could be positive too, right? When somebody does something really generous for you, what's your reaction? Or if somebody offers to do something generous for you, what's your reaction? 
Do you allow others to help? Do you allow others to be a part of your challenges? Do you allow others to be part of your struggles? Do you allow people to be part of your wins? Um, one more concept that she talked about in Blue's Clues, um, she, Angela, the, the author, talked about um, she wanted children to learn how to say, can you help? Can you help me? Or how can I help you? And so in the show, if you're familiar with it, I saw a few episodes years and years ago, but I remember this. Um, she talks about how Steve, the, um, the main guy in the show, comes real close to the camera. He looks right into the camera. And when he is looking for a clue or if he needs to find something, he'll come right up to the camera and he'll say, can you help me? And I thought it was so cool that she talked about how specific they were with those words with those four words, can you help me? And the concept there is being able to teach children that they can be helpers and also that they can ask for help. And how often do we struggle through something? You know, like asking for help doesn't always solve the problem, right? It doesn't really create like a space where it's like, oh, the problem's gone now. But asking for help does so much more. It creates connection. It helps us to maybe feel a little bit of relief or at least support. And it gives others the opportunity to feel like they are part of your life. And so I just absolutely love that she talked about those four words right there. Can you help me? And it made me think about, you know, my own life when I am in times of like, things feel a little bit harder. Let's say the family is sick. We've got some to-dos on the list that are kind of piling up and I'm feeling maybe more overwhelmed than usual. And in those instances, rather than like pushing through, are we looking for opportunities to let others help us? Are we open to the idea that that's a time when we could say, Hey, you know, I could really use such and such. Could you help me out? Can you help me? You know, using those four words. And have you ever noticed how if you are more authentic and more open with other people in asking for help, they're more authentic in asking help from you? Or maybe it's not even help, but in a conversation. So if you come up to a conversation and you're always like just really short answers, like how are things good? How are you? Good. <laughs> Versus jumping in and saying, you know, I had something really hard happen today and can I talk to you about it? Or, you know, just kind of jumping in and saying, you know, I'm feeling really tired today. Uh, one of my kids was up last night um, and it's something that's been going on for a while. So rather than just always breezing by, but kind of jumping in a little bit deeper, then your friends or family members are probably more likely to do the same with you, to jump in a little bit deeper. <laughs> I have one specific friend who we always joke that we're like, we're not really surface level type people. We like to jump right in. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm not saying you need to like tell all of your stuff to everyone, right? Like use your own intuition as to where those spaces are safe. But um, this one friend, whenever we see each other, we just dive right in <laughs> because from the very beginning of our relationship, we've always said like, we're not really surface level type people. Let's just dive right in. Let's dive right into whatever is going on because we know that that conversation is going to be so much more beneficial than keeping it surface level. Um, and so that's one of those times that like, if we take it back to the idea of asking for help, if you are more likely to ask for help when you need it, then other people are likely to say, hey, maybe I could ask for their help in this instance. And that's 
a really special place to be. That's a really intimate and a really cool space to be. So just one last thought from this book. Um, Overall, I love the idea of raising a household, right? Like we have this household and the idea of allowing, being allowed the space to be parents is pretty special. It's incredibly spiritual. Um, And I know not everybody feels that, right? It doesn't always feel magical and amazing. But just remember that you're creating a space that is authentic to you. And as you do that, you're going to show up as the parent that your kids need in that moment. And overall, like, I hope that my children are, are great humans out in the world. And so I like to think about like, well, what do we do on a daily basis that can help them to be great humans? And it really comes down to these concepts of sharing kindness and to be kind whenever possible. And it's always possible, right? (laughs) Like it's always possible to take the kind road. And that all starts with self-care. It comes back to first caring and loving for yourself so that you can show up for the people around you. So just like Angela does in this book, I'm going to offer the same thing to you guys. Start with caring for yourself and loving yourself and look for places where you can extend kindness. Look for places where you can improve the world around you. Uh, She kind of breaks it up into three pieces, loving yourself, caring for yourself, loving the people around you. And then she also gives a lot of ideas of how to care for the world, which is becoming increasingly a topic that I really adore. You know, what can we do to... Um, help the environment around us? What can we do to help the neighborhood around us? What can we do to, you know, clean up garbage in our parks or things like that, like improving the world and the environment around us, which I absolutely love. And one last thing to remember that spreading kindness and taking actions that are kind, I want you to remember that like, this is not an extra thing to do on your to-do list. This is a way of life. This is something that you are implementing in your everyday action. And it doesn't need to be another to-do, you know, like serving in the community. It's not like an extra to-do on your list, but it's like, how can I, if that's a value of yours, how can you create space in your day or in your week so that that's something that's made possible So that's it for today. Thanks, Angela, again, for this amazing book, Radical Kindness. Find it at your local library. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. Uh, Follow her on Instagram. I just started following her after reading this book, and I'm excited to see where she goes. Um, And I just love her message. I love her message of um, changing the world through first changing yourself and then adding kindness into the world. Um, and then make sure that you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at a tad bit crunchy. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. Have so much fun adding kindness into the world and watching for others kindness. All right. Bye-bye. I'm so glad that you found a tad bit crunchy. You can show your love by leaving a review and sharing the show. Reviews help the podcast to be seen by more curious and intentional women just like you. And of course, sharing the podcast is how we can help more and more folks create a natural and holistic foundation for their health. If you share on social media, be sure to tag me at Whitney Bean Coaching so I can show some love. Thanks, guys.